How has the progression of time affected mental health and the way people view it? Why is today's generation so much more affected by mental illness? What effects does social media have on mental health? Welcome to Scholars Start Somewhere. Scholars Start Somewhere is a podcast written, directed, and edited by high school seniors at a rural high school in Oklahoma. Made possible by Gephi, each episode tackles topics affecting us and our communities everywhere. So, as scholars do, let's get started. I am Emily Rice, and joining me today is... Eli Radeball. Elora Carter. Danny Stein. Brooklyn Hargrove. And today we're talking about mental health. The question is, what is the history of mental illness? Eli searched up the t- how it affected in ancient times. Yeah, so basically the ancient Greeks were the first people to start connecting uh, the mind with mental illness. You know, before that it was a lot of uh, religious, it was divine, pretty much. (laughs) But um, Hippocrates, who's the first person to actually, uh, he was the first person to connect it with the body. But he came up with the four temperaments, which basically affected personality and said that each of them were stored in different parts of the body and an imbalance of them more or less caused mental illness. You know, if one was stronger than the other, then you'd be angry or depressed, that kind of thing. Um, and then Pythagoras, who's a key figure in shamanism, and shamanism was the first... Uh, group of thought to essentially try empirical techniques to fix these problems. Um, but some consider him the father of modern psychology, or well, ancient psychology, actually. But uh, he invented the study of personality. Um, he's the first person that actually said that the brain was the seat of human consciousness. And uh, he divided it into three different parts, which is actually what Freud did. So that lasted a long time. Um, And he had a similar idea as Hippocrates, but he believed in the different forms. Basically, good versus bad, love versus hate. And the imbalance of those also would cause mental illness and uh, problems in your personality. Um, Empocrates helped him with that. In medieval times, mentally ill people were treated awfully, uh, and mental illness was not understood even in the slightest, and it was seen as uh, demonic possession. Uh, A lot of times people that were mentally ill are like what we believe now to be autistic people would be like driven out into the middle of the woods. Not driven, you get it, but like taken in the middle of the woods (laughs) and just like left there because they were messed up. Uh, And uh, people who were criminally insane were put into asylums, but <laughs> asylums were basically just prisons and there was no actual treatment or re- rehabilitation or any sort of uh, coping for anybody mentally ill in this time period. Speaking of asylums, there was a lot of mistreatment with the people, like you said, but like they did horrible crap, like put them in blood sugar comas to try and fix them and then tested on them and had lobotomies, which is just inhumane do we still deal with bodies no i think no. well in some places in north korea they do anyway <laughs> not as they did as well as mass institutionalization 
especially the elderly, the government didn't want to pay for them. They're like, they're on their last leg. We don't need them anymore. So they sent them to asylums. And asylums were just run down and not funded. And people were sent there to be kept out of society. So like, no, we're not dealing with that. These people, not people. So asylums were really bad for a long time and um, still aren't perfect probably today. But before uh, the 1800s, they were really bad, uh, like Laura said. Um, But in in the 1800s, this lady named Dorothea Dix, who was a nurse and a teacher for a while, came around and realized, oh, hey, these people are being treated really, really bad. We should do something about this. And so uh, through her work, about 32 different asylums were revamped and made better. And she was basically the 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 spark that lighted us that lighted asylum reform back in the early days uh speaking of reforms like mental health versus today today versus like unreformed times uh it was much more common to have inpatient facilities that are really underfunded underfunded and understaffed and underqualified like people they would have anybody come in to like perform lobotomies or perform like extreme surgeries on people that they just didn't understand and we understand it a lot more nowadays and we don't use as much physical action and we understand that it's like more of a brain chemistry thing than something that you can be cured by physical abuse yeah today mental illness is much more common and so there's more understanding about it and there's more other than, like, this person is just, like, possessed by a demon. Now you can diagnose mm-hmm. them with, like, they have issues well, with this like, and issues with that. Yeah, today there's a dialogue about it. The fact that we're sitting here talking about it pretty much speaks to all the changes that have been made in mm-hmm. culture. But there are still a lot of problems with, like, oh, psych yeah. wards and inpatient That's facilities true. that are just... Yeah, like, um, they're extremely underfund- underfunded and staffed by, like people that aren't qualified to take care of people that are that mentally fragile. Mm. And it's since we don't have much awareness towards it, nothing ever changes. Okay, so our second question is, uh, why is today's generation uh, so um, so plagued by mental illness? Generation Z, which is our generation, uh, they're like around 15 to like early 20s, are statistically more stressed than average adults. And about the overall issues of the news, uh, 91% of Gen Z surveyed said that they uh, felt depressed and hopeless within like a week of the time that they were surveyed. And that's a lot. (laughs) Well, it also, like, it could be because teens nowadays, Gen Z, they don't, it's more time on electronics than it is, like, in person, spending time with friends and family and with people in general. Well, time certainly has changed, but also our world's kind of changed, too. There's a lot more going on, and especially with how quickly media can spread, I feel like there's a lot to be worried about, more concerned about. That's out in the open. You could, right. Well, there's like way more stimulus today. It's like no matter where you go, you're being plagued with advertisements, plagued with news. North Korea did something. 
but basically it's there's so much going on everywhere basically what she said um, and social media doesn't no well there's also really high stress levels or environments that cause high stress levels and causes teens to be have extreme like feelings of being overwhelmed and depressed especially because i feel like we have a higher expectation of everybody of all of us because of the generations from before i think a lot of it has been being raised post like y2k post 9-11 post the world ending in 2012 that was supposed to happen post all of these like events swine flu was like everybody was dying when we were like little kids and now like the climate change we've been raised in like some way or another, every other week, everybody thought the world was going to die. So now that we're all getting into adulthood, I think we're all, like, terrified because none of us ever really ever really saw us going that far. I don't know if that's just me or if that's, like... No, I don't know. Like, we all get pretty, it. That's yeah. Pretty, <laughs> like, that's, being yeah, raised post-9-11 especially, like, Oof. everybody's parents are terrified of everything. Everybody mm-hmm. talks about 9-11 like it was, like, the worst thing in the world. And for all of us, it wasn't... It was just a thing that we lived it's just like a piece either of during or right after. Yeah. yeah. It's just history for us. And it's just like normal for us to be this. Yeah. Like plagued by, mm-hmm. by terrorism, I guess. And like yeah. the world is getting more dangerous too. Like you hear like your parents talk about all the time. Oh yeah. I would just bike a mile and a half to my friend's house every Saturday because that's what we did. But you don't do that anymore. Like people don't really like go out like farther than their parents can see them because it's more dangerous out now like it's just i feel like we see danger around every corner kind of too people are just crappy now like they just suck well drugs and alcohol are being abused a lot more than they were back then it's because they're more accessible that's what i was going to say they're you're able to get them very easily nowadays literally walk out into the hallway You can find someone. I throw a penny so, in this school and I can hit a drug dealer. Alcohol yeah. consumption is lower than it's ever been among this generation. Drugs and nicotine is lowest it's been in like 500 years since it was discovered. I have statistics Whoa. from 2018, um, which says that uh, 3.7% of adults experienced co-occurring substance abuse disorder with mental illness. So basically people are kind of self-medicating, which is also really bad. Self-medicating because like the system that is put in place to medicate and like to help teenagers cope with like awful mental illnesses is not working. Usually, So most of us, like, I don't say most of us, that's statistically inaccurate, but a lot of us turn to... (laughs) Turn to self-medicating because Mm. there's not enough awareness towards it anyway. And they don't... Not even just self-medicating, just awful coping mechanisms in general. Yes. Bad coping Terrible. Anything coping to feel better. <laughs> because so much of, like, so, uh, most of our parents and, like, adults don't understand how, how plagued our generation is with, like, crippling mental illness. Well, it's like, yeah. and, well, the other day my aunt was over and she kind of was going off on a rant because she's kind of that old-fashioned way of thinking. And I started to speak up and she... Anyway, what I'm trying to get to is my mom, I'm finally, she's finally starting to realize just how different we are. Like the fact that we are raised in a completely different world than anybody else older than us was raised in. And it's like, there's a whole different way that everybody needs to look at things. Culture's changed. Society's Mm -hmm. changed. I mean, just going outside 
now versus 30 years ago, it's a completely different world, so noticeably. Yeah, speaking of, like, the world changing, like, our generation is also way more involved in social media, which leads to question three, what effects does social media have on mental health? So, since uh, the kind of, think back, like, it was not that long ago where we didn't have smartphones to begin with, Mm -hmm. and now that they're right at our fingertips, there's definitely not been enough study on how this uh, about how social media affects us just because it hasn't been around long enough so we're kind of the guinea pigs for all of this we are the guinea pig generation we're the first like i've been using a computer since before i can remember and we're the first generation to do that millennials definitely had computers growing up Mm-hmm. But we are like not like born into usually it. we, we literally to took this computer from another room. Usually like, they were the like emotionally disabled. Yeah. I mean emotionally. <laughs> that's mm. what. Usually they were emotionally stable, mm-hmm. and like they were mature enough by the time they got a computer and or social media, so that they were ready for it. Really. Yeah, but we grew up with it. Like I distinctly remember whenever I was. I used to do cheerleading when I was in grade school. And I remember that every one of like everyone would have a like a Facebook account. And I wouldn't have one because I didn't have a phone at the time yet, but almost everyone I knew had one. And we all like they would all have to lie and say like they were 13 before they could get on it. But everyone had one. It was not an uncommon thing to have a Facebook when you were little, before you were supposed to have one. I feel like our generation feels like you have to be in the loop to be a part of anything because we're. it makes us, to me, it seems like it makes everyone in our generation more dependent than independent because it feels like they mm-hmm. rely on, like, oh, how many likes did I get on this or how many it's, comments or... Like, it, it. we're all addicted to, like, comparing ourselves to each others. other or comparing everyone else to each other and just, like... I, there are kids that I've barely ever talked to, but they follow like my Instagram page, so we know what each other is going going through at every time. We like talk to each other all the time, but only through Instagram. Like she wouldn't yeah. smile at me in the hallway if I saw her, but like only through Instagram. We have like this fake bond. I guess it's it's like we have that fear of missing out on something mm-hmm. instead of like, but which is also controversial because. And being on social media all the time, you're missing out on stuff that's going on in real life. Mm-hmm. Instead of, like, because we're always on your phones, you're always trying to do stuff on there, you're missing out on what's going on around you. Well, it goes back to the idea of always being stimulated. We are constantly, something is happening, either, and either it's either in front of us or it's on our phones. We are constantly have something going back and forth between us, and we just kind of kind of miss out on what's some other things are going on it's like addicting like uh social media companies use some similar tactics as casinos and drawing people in and keeping them and that is well it's like it has to do with dopamine because it's it's the chemical reaction of your brain that reacts to stimulus it's like our brains are so used to that stimulus that for a lot of people especially our age before brains are completely uh, matured like all of that dopamine it, it builds up and it builds up and it builds up and our brain becomes so dependent on it and then i mean if we're deprived of it we basically have withdrawal like physical withdrawal symptoms like mood changes and everything it's also effective though because like cyberbullying is a big thing oh yeah social mm-hmm. media like even we're so dependent on it and we're, we're always looking for the happy things that has to do with it but 
it's so easy nowadays to bully someone and say bad things or spread rumors without them knowing because it gets around to everybody. You don't have to do it in person or at school anymore. It's like mm. you're not saying it to their face. You're just sending a message or typing a tweet or whatever people I mean, these you days. can attack somebody without even having to face them. Mm-hmm. And you also can't really face the person who's attacking you. It goes both ways. I mean, there's also good effects it has. Like, like when you are at school and, say, your parents are in Tulsa, you're able to call them and know where they're at or things like that. You can FaceTime and see if they're okay. Well, you also, like... Now that you have social media, you can make friends and make connections with people not in the mm-hmm. same town as you. Like, one of my best friends lives 700 miles away, but I talk to him every day. And it's just... So, social media is not all bad. Yeah. Not ev- not every part of it is bad. If you're mm-hmm. using it yeah. the right ways and anything can... Well, not So, there, can, there are benefits for mental health so- that social media can bring. But yeah. they're not... There's a lot of downfalls that yeah. can affect your mental health very badly. But as there are always people who are going to put other people down, there are always people who are probably going to lift you up and try and, like, help you feel better about what you're experiencing. There's usually more uplifting than there is someone that's going to put you down. But it's always those few bad comments that get Mm -hmm. to you more than maybe the hundred comments that you got from the good. A lot of research that I I looked up for this said that uh, among anxiety and depression, uh, social media is most coupled with a rise in eating disorders because mm. of like all of this like comparison that we all have to do. We all have to see how great everybody's lives are because you don't post like what isn't great and you all post like like pictures in the gym or like pictures like of your body, whatever. That sounds so creepy, but it does. Mm, whatever. That's I how mean, I mean it. It happens. It, it happens. Nobody and like constantly seeing everybody else's best when all you know is like your own best and worst, like you all only know. You're comparing. You only know your... one side of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's what I mean. It's like a cycle too, because everybody's trying to put their best out there. And then when other people see that other people are at their best, they feel so insecure. And then they try even harder to outdo them. And but then and everybody just, just keeps depression. trying harder. And then everybody ends up insecure. Sad because and sad they don't feel like they alone. beat their and best. With a horrific body image. <laughs> Typically, yes. It's like everyone feels like they have to outdo the other. When in reality, and you're perfect the way you are. Or you should not have to compare yourself to another. You should be happy with the way you are. But social media, one of the downsides, has mm-hmm. made that a bad effect. It inflates people's no. biggest insecurities. And so... Um, <laughs> that would be a stroke. Uh, with, social media, with social media, a lot of people in negative mindsets find each other and begin enabling each other. No. no. Actually, I, I was going to no. say, what, that's happened. I was going to say, you, you find a community of people who are in the exact same negative mindset mm-hmm. that you're in, and they give you, like, more information on, like... They can help. No, like I was gonna say, they enable her yeah. bad like activities. Like, in downside, there's a good effect and a bad effect to social media to everyone's mental health. It just depends on how you choose to use it. It's all about responsibility. Mm-hmm. So obviously, there's a lot of talk about under the subject of mental health, but 
I hope that what we said today helped get you thinking about it. And I hope you enjoyed our podcast. Join us next week where another group of high school seniors talks about um, other important problems in our communities. Thank you. And as always, be a scholar.